listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. What up? What up? Hello, what up? everyone. We are here in AfterBuzz. Where's our our preacher music? Jesus, be <laughs> <Praise> the Lord. <laughs> I can sing. Our, you want me to sing the intro? I think I know the words. Santa, call me a healer. Because I can't lie. Oh, no. Okay, love. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. No, no. Well, welcome to After Buzz. <laughs> this is the after show for Preachers of LA. I'm your host, Fallon Mercedes, with me. Megan Thomas, also known as at Meg Scoop on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And shout out, whoop, whoop, to Prayer Die for my shirt, as you can see. It says Jesus, I'm about that life. I, I thought it was it. appropriate for and I, today. I, I don't know if you guys can see, but I love how Jesus has his, um, what is that called on his head? It's, it's his crown. His crown, but it's around his neck he like a, a chain. chain. <laughs> it's the hood, Jesus. It's Jesus 2013. And we, we do have some uh, preachers who I guess still have some hood in them mm-hmm. in, in this show. And I, I think we're going to cover it. Um, today we're going to cover episodes two and three. Uh, episode two is called Acceptance. And episode three is Tea and Sympathy. And we're going to do our best because we have so much to cover right. in such little time. But uh, we have extensive notes. Both uh, <laughs> Megan and I, we bought our beautiful Bibles. Shout out to to Megan's mom who and me I helped her I made the handles on my Bible cover made this beautiful (laughs) Bible that's so country that is so country I love it but we wanted to you know um, throw some scripture into this because I don't want to be quoting wrong I don't want to embarrass myself and Uh, more importantly not embarrass the Lord because this is a show about people who have done some things that reflect God and others who have not reflected God so much. So we want to make sure we don't fall into that trap of saying, well, I think, or I think it says something like this. We don't want to do that. So, you know. And then do we have a, a call-in number for this studio? Is it the regular number? Yes. If they're watching, uh, the, the call number is there on the website. Okay, for nice. For specific shows. Thank so you. So you guys call in. Please chime in with us. Um, you guys were commenting on YouTube. Uh, great comments. We will address those later. And we want you guys to be part of this because this is why we do the show. Right. So I guess we'll start off with episode two. Oh, acceptance. also one last oh. thing. Uh, the regular time is Thursday. That's the voice of God. No, voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, uh, regular taping is going to be Thursday nights. You know, check the AfterBuzzTV.com website. So uh, right now we're just playing a little bit of catch-up, but that will be the regular time on yes. Thursday nights. Yes. Thursday night, so yes, 8 p.m. Pacific. Keep a spot open for us right after, or I should say the day after you guys watch um, each episode because right. the show airs on Wednesday and then we will be on air on Thursday. But like you said, we're playing catch-up. So episode two, Acceptance, um, it opened up, and this is how I think all the episodes open up with each pastor preaching a snippet of them on stage doing right. what they do best. And you know, I get so high. I'm not going to lie. Like each snippet, I really, you feel the presence of God. I you just do, got I, chills I'm, thinking I'm about you, it. You yeah. do feel some kind of anointing when you, when the intros come in, because I remember going, I don't even know what their, their sermon is about, but you, you feel, feel it, it, right? Yes. It, it, you feel it so much that I almost want to have an episode where we just hear them preach. Girl, that's called uh, TBN. That's <laughs> and this is true. And we can just go to their their churches. You right. Know, and that I guess that wouldn't make it Preachers of LA. We want to see what's really going on in their real lives. Right. But it's nice that each episode opens up with just a little snippet right. of what they do best. Right. So after we see them preach and do what they do best, we see um, Dietrich and McClendon both talk to people that they um, consider close to them about what really went down in Man Cave. And that was the big highlight of episode one. So Dietrich opened up and was talking to Dominique and see his role manager about, you know, his, I guess, view on what really went down. What did you think about what 
um, Dietrich had to say. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess he just gave his his recap. But what stuck out to me, honestly, was how Dominique handled that. This made me love her so yes. much more because she says to him, you know, I hope you come as humble as you want him to be. And, you know, she's like, I'm just trying to keep you right. That is amazing to me because there's so many times when you have somebody that's on your team who mm-hmm. is just a yes person. And we see here Dominique is not just a yes person. She's like, look, babe, you're going to have to come a little humble mm-hmm. if you want him to be that way. And, and she gives good, sound advice, the good, sound, godly advice that a man like him needs. So I can appreciate that. Yeah, I could appreciate it, too. Then we fast forward to McClendon showing up at Jones's home. And can I say, I, I spotted this, he arrived alone without his entourage. Right, right, right. And I, I'm, I'm happy he did, you know, because he, he did catch some flack for that. I think he just needed to explain what he was trying to say a little better. But, um, I mean, Jesus had an entourage, you know. 12 disciples. It's not necessarily the bad thing. I think it's it's yeah. kind of how he put it that made it seem very bad in, in episode one. So he sits down with Noel Jones, who, if you notice, was not at the Man Cave um, event. I guess maybe he was traveling and preaching, so he couldn't make it. So Jones was asking McClendon what really went down, and McClendon's take on it was just basically he feels that Dietrich didn't know him, and he was coming at him in a certain way and getting loud. And one thing I can say about Dietrich is he is very passionate about right. what he feels, and he expresses it in what right. he he says he uses his hands his voice gets louder but i think when you are talking to other men especially who are who have the same or similar calling as you you know that can come off as disrespectful right. and i think that's the thing with dietrich he he means well the boy knows his word i mean as you can tell he said he's a he's got his doctorate in divinity he knows the bible forward and backwards but i think his delivery again is horrific so that's probably why bishop mcclendon felt the way that he did however bishop mcclendon also came off as like look boy you don't know what you're talking about like like you're less than me and I, that was incorrect and mm-hmm. so the b- the exchange between bishop mcclendon and, and bishop jones it kind of came off you know you see when you see um dietrich and dominique they're all about reconciliation she's like come as humble as, as you want him to be and then you go over here to bishop mcclendon and bishop jones and and Jones is telling him, like, look, you should, you know, reconcile, meet up. And then Bishop McClendon, to me, seems like he doesn't really want to. Yeah. And and to the point where Bishop Jones has to say, it's probably more for Dietrich yeah. anyway. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. It's never okay to be in a, to be a Christian and then to be okay with discord. Like, that's not okay. Not, not saying that y'all got to be the best of friends, but you need to fix that. You need to pass that up, Bishop McClendon. That's not okay. I agree. It did seem, um, well, they both stated they don't have a problem with each other. They don't really know each other. Right. But obviously a problem um, was there because that's why they got into the scaffold in the right. first place. And it was funny because um, McClendon said he wasn't trying to step to Dietrich, even though it came off as so when he got up and he walked away. He was right. simply just walking away. And Jones said to um um, McClendon that they may still have some street in them they because <laughs> all of these preachers you know they have these backgrounds that some of them come from the hood and they're not they weren't living the lifestyle that they live now right the way they grew up right you know? and then he said Bishop McClendon is a little more removed I wonder what that means maybe he was never really hood I think he does have some background but um I know McClendon I think it came you know his grandfather passed down the church or you know so maybe so he wasn't blooding it up or cripping it up uh, nowhere no, basically no, not like not like <laughs> not uh, like bishop gifts yes <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to april and david well i should say april becoming david now right. um Pastor Hazlip had been preaching in his church for a while, and April was one of the members of his church who was a pro skater, who um, was a girl pro skater. And um, I guess it came to Jay's attention that April is no longer a woman, has right. um, changed her his gender to a man. So now April goes by the name of David. Uh, we see Jay... Um, 
take this to his wife and also one of the younger pastors in the church who knows well knew of April and he kind of brings it to their attention because he doesn't know how to handle this right. and I, I think it's great that they put this on television because this is this is right. real life like I know from back home I know friends of mine um, actually two twins who grew up in uh, the Pentecostal church and they both became girls and they're originally um, guys and you don't know how to wow. handle it and yeah. you just want to show them love and kind of like what Christy Jay's wife was saying is you know let's just show them love and I love the women in the show right they seem to right. really the first ladies are be awesome. the first ladies and really lead their man because Jay seemed like he didn't know what direction to go into what do you feel about Christy I, I, I love their relationship this is why the hay slips are my favorite because they are so loving mm-hmm. they honestly to me balance out the rest of the show they not saying that other pastors and their wives are not um as godly or christ-like mm-hmm. because they all are in in their own way but this couple especially for me they're very loving mm-hmm. and that at the end of the day is the essence of what we're supposed to be showing people and i love how pastor Hayslip is really humble when he comes he's not one of those preachers that's like i know how to handle this look the bible says it's, it's an abomination like it's, yes okay so we all know what the bible says about homosexuality but all this okay fine but what past that mm-hmm. how do we deal with people who who just want to be loved yeah. you know you don't want to shun somebody to where they don't even feel comfortable coming to a church because people are talking about them and looking at them like nobody is sinless. You can't, you know, cast a stone if you're sinless. Exactly. Nobody's gonna be casting a stone. So my whole point is, I love the hayslips and I love the fact that the the way that they handle this, and even more so, um, you know, Christy says, I don't want to be those kind of Christians, mm-hmm. and that's real. You don't want to be the mm-hmm. the the Christians that are hypocrites because that is what a lot of Christian people are known to be. Mm-hmm. And when Pastor Hayslip finally does meet up with. April David, or mm-hmm. actually David, which by the way, David really looks like a man. I was, I was I like, was hold on, wait a minute. I saw a Adam's apple. I was like, yes. hold on, how is April? Can you manufacture an Adam's apple? Uh, maybe. I don't know, I but don't I'm know. just saying, David, you really look like a boy to me. Yeah. I, I had no idea that April used to be, I mean, David used to be April. But anyway, so when, um, Pastor Hayslip is talking to David. I think it's so profound that he says, you know, I haven't used your name because I don't really know what to say. I like how he said in that same sentence, he said, first, David said, I want you to first, because Hazlip was like, what do you want me to do? Right. And how many times do you hear a pastor say that? Exactly. I love that. And David said, I want you to call me David. And Hazlip said, the reason why I haven't used your name, and you probably noticed that I've been struggling with this, is because... I want to respect you, but I don't want to offend God either. Right. And I love that. He's trying to balance it. Right. And it's, and that's what love is about. You know, that's, that's the whole point because a lot of people are so quick, especially Christians are so quick to Bible thump on people. Well, the word of the Lord says, yeah. you know what I mean? But uh, we all know what it says. Past that, what is it about? It's, it's about being loving. And yeah. that's really what he showed. He said, you know what, David, I want you to come to church. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to, to make sure you stay on top of your word. You mm-hmm. stay with God. Like, that's it. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, I'm learning just like you. I don't know how this goes, you know, but I exactly. want you to understand that I still love you and I'm still here with open arms and my church is always open to you. And that is exactly how you're supposed to handle stuff as a Christian. And one of the first things Jay had said to David was, are you going to church? Right. And I like that. And David said, um, I'm going to another church. And he kind of elaborated, well, you know, it's kind of hard for me to come to this church because I know people are going to have questions. Right. And they're going to struggle with accepting him as a man now. And Hazlip kind of, you know, told him, I understand everybody doesn't need to know your past. I don't wear, he said, I don't wear a sign on my chest that says I was a drug user. Right. And I really, really like that because I don't believe everybody needs to know about right. your past. Right. And, 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 and that's so real. We, we tend to put different sins on different levels and say, this is a bigger sin. This needs to be exposed. But at the end of the day, they're all the same. A sin is a sin. Right. So if, if, 
I mean, if you want David to walk around with, I used to be a woman strapped across his Mm -hmm. chest, then I'm sure you're going to need to everybody that's walking around that church that is not a virgin needs to have that on their shirt too. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put, you got to be fair with all the different quote unquote sins. And we got to stop saying stuff like, you know, well, that's not what God would do. You don't Mm -hmm. know what God would do. He just wants you to be loving and pray about it. That's exactly. it. Let the Holy Spirit do the work, like Christy said. Exactly. <laughs> One thing that did catch my attention, um, Hazlip, when he was talking to his wife about uh, finding out that April is now David, he had said that, um, you know, he considers himself knowing David pretty well, April pretty well. And um, he didn't he didn't know that he was having these issues that right. he wanted to change his gender. Right. And to me, that was a red flag because I feel like. I know his church is big, but I feel like if he knew April pretty well, how come there was no counseling going on? And that's the only thing that I can see about these big churches is that they don't have that community. And I can say that's one thing that I miss about back home to here. I love that everybody is welcoming, that it's come as you are here. But, you know, you don't get that one-on-one attention if there's 4,000 members in your church and there's three services going on. You don't get to sit down with your your pastor as much as you would if you go to a church that has 120 members. Right. I mean, but I would say this in, in the Hayslip's defense. I don't know if April was willing to open up about that mm-hmm. to her pastor at that time. Because mm-hmm. when, you know, when you see when he walks in and he's talking to his wife and the youth pastor, he's like, I just got off the phone with April, who's now David. And this is something new. So maybe April wasn't really open to the fact of sharing that she wanted to become David. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't really hold that against him. I mean, it could be because he has a big church, but I honestly just think that April didn't want to say anything. Yeah. One other thing that I noticed about this scene, and I don't know if you noticed it too, um, they kind of walked off and I know Jay was a little uncomfortable and he said that. Right. But I wish Jay would have just hugged David. Right. And just kind of really let him feel um, the love of God through him. I felt like here we have this this girl who is now a boy who is reaching out to his old pastor because he wants acceptance and he wants love and i just i wish that he there was a shot of them just hugging instead right. of just walking off into the sunset or I, if they did hug to show it exactly I mean, you know what i mean i think that would have been awesome i'm with you on that yeah. high five boom <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think out there um what are your thoughts on jay you know trying to figure out how he should do you think jay actually handled this situation well i know i've seen a lot of tweets about it and a lot of people agree um do you think he should have accepted him with open arms back into the church or do you think he should have went a little more bible in certain areas on this or um do you agree with christy you know just show him the love of jesus christ the love of jesus all right so (laughs) Let's talk about Mr. Jones. Oh, Bishop Noel Jones. Now, um, we kind of seen in the first episode that Jones, you know, he travels the world. He's kind of like a Christian uh, rock star. Right. You know, women seem to love him. And he explained before that he was married. He's right. divorced. And this was over 20 years ago. But he has this special friend named Loretta, whose Lord. last name is also Jones. Is it really? It is. And that's why in one uh, one of the scenes, uh, his driver says, you know, could she be the real Mrs. Jones? Right. Because her last name is Jones. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. So it makes so we see in this episode that Jones sits down with his family. This is this episode. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, no, even in the car before that, he's, you know, he's talking to his his driver and um, his driver to say that. You know, you got a lot of women, basically, but Loretta's hanging on. And then, of course, he's like, could she be the real Mrs. Mrs. Jones? Jones. And I just think, I I just want to say this. I really feel bad. I don't know if I should feel bad for anybody in this situation. Because, obviously, Loretta, I don't don't know if I should feel bad for her. Oh. And the reason I say this is because Bishop Jones, obviously, he doesn't want to get married, okay? The man doesn't want to get married. If Mm -hmm. he wanted to get married, he would have been gotten married to you, Loretta. I'm sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, Loretta's kind of hanging. She's kind of lurking still mm-hmm. because I don't know if there's some hope there. He keeps telling her. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I should feel bad. I'm still, you know, the jury's still out on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, But the fact that they co-own a restaurant says a lot. Yes. I don't know. 
Because I don't think, I don't see Bishop Jones just dishing out money for anybody that wants to partner up with him. So this kind of got to be his boo thing. I'm going to need him to say that and not just be like, this is my friend. Yes, I need facts. I need them to say exactly what it is. But we don't see this in this episode (sighs) or episode three, unfortunately. Mm -mm -mm. They keep on referring to what they have as friendship. Right. And then he says, he tells her, he's like, you know, I'm just too old for this. Like, and you know, I looked up how old he was. I think he's 62. Which, okay, granted. He's in his 60s. Granted. Do you, do you think that's too old? No, I don't think it's too old to get married, but I think what, basically, look, he don't want to get married. Bishop yeah. Jones don't want to get married. It's not even, he, he keeps throwing out different excuses. If you say, oh, I'm too old for this. I'm not right for this. And of course, Loretta's like, no, you are right for this. The man don't want to get married, Loretta. Leave him alone. You're cute. You're cute. Get, you can get another guy. You know what? I give her a lot of credit. You go, girl, for having faith for 16 <laughs> years. That is a woman of faith. 16 years. I don't hold know. on. Hold on. Because, well, faith and stupidity is a thin line. I'm is just it? saying. It's a very thin line. For real. I don't know. I, I really just feel... I, like I said, I don't know if I should feel bad for her because mm. she has been. I think the woman, the godly woman in you is feeling bad because you have sympathy. You know that everybody, uh, every woman wants to be loved and to be married off, you know, as they should be. But a part of you is probably like, come on, girl, 16 years. Get with it. I am so, I mean, and, and to me, I think more than anything, it really is Bishop Jones's attitude yeah. about the situation. And then the other thing he says, um, he said. Oh, yeah. He's like, why would I get married after I retire? Like, why would I get another? another That's like, job. why would I leave one, one job, job for another job? <laughs> Silence on this one. Because Bishop Jones, clearly you don't want to get married. Leave the man alone. I'm sorry. He don't. If I, Honestly, he doesn't have to get married. Now, yeah. there's a lot of church people who will disagree and say that pastors need to get married. No, they only need to get married if they got that sex demon on their back. Okay. Let's just be all the way real. If he's got the lustiness Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been delivered from that, then yes, as in, let me go to the word here (laughs) as in first Corinthians seven, nine, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Mm -hmm. So clearly if you got that sex monkey on your back, you need to get married. But this is what we don't know. Right, 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 right. But if he's overcome that, then let him in alone and let him just run his ministry worldwide and be busy traveling everywhere and i think it would be so much easier if we knew but i know there was <laughs> in episode three we see them talking and then he mentions at the end of their going back and forth he said all right i think it's time to go to bed and it looks like he means like get out of my house that's how i right. took it. i took it like that too so maybe they aren't you know doing the do maybe he is over that um well i do have a problem with the production company because if we're gonna be honest and put these put their lives out there then i think this is something that should be addressed if it i mean it hasn't up to this point up to the third episode but i do think it should be addressed what's really going on we keep talking about this shacking situation with dietrich and dominique who are legitimately getting married Mm -hmm. however we make no mention of this for uh bishop jones and Mm -hmm. his special friend loretta i think personally if here i am I'm going to defend if the production company knew what was going on, they would try to show it. You know, you you don't know, like unless you're going into the bedroom, you know, and I don't think a lot of people are letting cameras in their bedroom because then we might be seeing stuff, you know, between Dietrich and Dom. We would know what's really going on and that we don't know as of yet. I And I agree with that. But I'm saying I look. Can they stay outside of Bishop Jones' house and put the time? You're like, it is 445 <laughs> and Loretta's car. <laughs> you are funny. You are I'm just saying, funny. they need to be honest. I need to know what's going on with Bishop Jones and Loretta. Yeah. I think they are special friends. It's been 16 years, but. <laughs> what is special friends? Define special friends. I think their special friendship is they do love each other. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that means in a lustful manner, but I know they really do love each other. If they've been friends for this long and they have a dog that they share together. And do they, they share have, that dog? Yes. Do they? they do. Oh. Well, that I, that's that's what it seems like. I may be wrong, but I think they share the dog I mean, together. They name the business. And they name the business after the dog. Right. So it's like they have a kid together, kind of, and they have this business. And, you know, mm. so they are special friends. They Yeah, they're special 
cut friends. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just being real. Like, you got to be honest about this stuff. <laughs> All right. So let's move on since we're having this, you know, uh, lustful discussion. Let's move on <laughs> to the whole shacking discussion. Yes. Uh, we see the Gibsons. They have a dinner date mm-hmm. with Dietrich and Dominique. And, right. you know, they start being real. And this is what I love about Gibson. He right. is not afraid to say what's on his mind. And I know they always say it, um, both him and his wife. They say these things out of a place of love because right. they've been married for so long, over 30 years. They want to guide, um, right. you know, Dietrich and Dom and, and help them, you know, make sure they're getting married for the right reason. Do you think that they're engaged for the right reason? I definitely do. I definitely do think that they love each other and that I do think that um, this union will be is when they get married will be blessed by God. How, um the situation with Bishop Gibson and Lavette. Mm-hmm. Who I feel like they overstepped their boundaries. If you're really a mentor and you're really imparting knowledge, you should probably start with what would you guys like to know? That to me seems like the obvious question yeah. instead of being instead of the Gibsons, you know, talking to the Hattons and saying, are y'all shacking? Mm-hmm. There's so many more important and deeper things that need to be talked about when it comes to marriage. And the first thing you come with is shacking. But let me say this. It's something that we all want to know. I mean, true. I mean, I mean, but still, hold on. Because again, and this is why Dietrich goes off and, and Dominique has to tell him to calm down because he's like, yo, I'm sick of you pastors over here. First of all, shacking, it ain't in the Bible that you can't live together. I mean, technically technically he's right it doesn't say that and the issue that people have with shacking is not necessarily living together Mm -hmm. it is the premarital sex that goes on when people live together but again if you ain't got that sex monkey on your back which very few people don't then there's no problem with the people living together and that's what they need to say let's uh let's pull out some scripture this was the only i don't know if you looked up any scriptures this is the only scripture that i can find that has anything kind of to do with shacking it doesn't say shacking but it's um john three and it's verse no i'm sorry john four verse 18 Mm. yes girl i got that go ahead go ahead jesus encounters um a samaritan by the well who was a woman and this is what he basically says um jesus replied to her saying you are right when you say you don't have a husband you have been married to five men and and the man you live with now is not really your husband. You have told me the truth. So, right. I mean, and, and to me, that's saying, you know, for Jesus to bring up, bring up the fact to her that, no, you've been married to five men, but the man you live with now, that's not your husband. So no, no, I he's saying you haven't been married to five men, meaning that the, the guy, basically you've lived with five dudes before no, says, and you, you have been married to five men. And the man you live with now is not really your oh, I'm husband. I'm sorry. I'm looking yeah. at the wrong thing. So girl. she, she was, she was married and l- legit married to five men. But just because the man she's with now, she's living with him, that doesn't make her her husband because they're right. living together. So to me, Jesus is implying you're shacking and right. you're living in a lie. But here's the thing again, shacking. Because people have a problem with, with folks living together. We have to make the, the separation that shacking means premarital sex yeah. and living together. Yes. Okay. But if people like, if they're in a relationship and they're like, you know what? We have committed ourselves to not have sex. It's very hard, but we're able to do that. But I we want to live together because we have a family together. I don't then believe, that's the, but that's their personal business. And what I'm saying is we don't know. We don't know if that's, that's something that they only them and God know if that's something that really is a, is, is, is a thorn in their side. Yes. You know but what I'm I saying? don't believe that happens. I think when you are in a relationship with somebody and you're living together, that comes with it. Not necessarily because I know, I know people who it's very hard. That's what I'm saying. There's a small amount, but what I'm saying is we have to make the distinction. We can't just lump everybody in the same group and say Mm -hmm. shacking is wrong. No, we have to say what is wrong about shacking because that gives us the, the mentality that, you know, if, if you're living, I mean, obviously I feel like this in their situation because they're already engaged. They're about to get married in two months. Mm-hmm. They have a kid together. I honestly feel like they should just go to the courthouse, get the paper documentation and move mm-hmm. in together. Yeah. And you don't have to tell people if they want to be mad. You can just, your response to them is, 
I would only, well, we live together yeah. and we believe that when you live together, and, you should be married. And if they're like, well, are you already married? Be like, yeah. you'll find out, huh? To be honest, and this is my own personal opinion. I'm not, you know, representing, you know, um, you know, a, a certain uh, belief or anything. I, and this is me being a part of being a Christian, but I really believe that, you know, they had a child out of sinning and I don't see anything wrong with them living together and being a family without being married. And the reason why I say that is because I kind of feel bad for their daughter because not right. that he's not a good husband, but I feel like it, it hurts the child the most Yeah, when they can't wake up to both parents. To me, you know, they sinned and they created this baby and that was a sin before the shacking. So I feel like why not let them live together but i do understand why they want to some people you know they don't want to live together and shack because maybe dominique wants him to put a ring on her finger and make it legit maybe he might get comfortable if he doesn't marry her and just lives with her so right i just i don't don't know i I honestly think the best thing for their situation and i get what they're saying is Mm -hmm. you know we don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody especially because dietrich's position Mm -hmm. you know in in the gospel world they don't want to give the perception like Mm -hmm. they're over here shacking okay cool i get that but what they honestly need to go do is just go get married. Mm-hmm. Just go get the license. You don't have to tell anybody. That's between y'all and God. It's mm-hmm. legit. It is legally legit. Whatever. But do you think that people should be getting married? Going, you know, running to the courthouse just to get married, just so it doesn't look like they're shacking. And I think that was one of the things that Gibson said before he had dinner with them is, I want to make sure they're getting married for the right reasons. Right. And, you know, I think it should be love. Right. So you do you feel that people should go off and get married so they're not shacking or should it No, be- no, no. Here's the thing. You shouldn't be having premarital sex anyway. That's that's I mean, that's in the Bible. We know that, okay? okay? So so what I'm saying is this. You don't go run off and get married because you want to make it legit that you're having sex. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's two separate things. Mm-hmm. But if you legitimately love somebody, which in this case I'm pretty sure they do love yeah. each other. They have a family already. They want to be together. They should live together. They're a family. Mm-hmm. Go to the courthouse. Get your marriage license. Mm-hmm. So that way nobody can say anything, anything to you. Yeah. Not that it matters, but I mean, so that way you're like, look, we're already married. We're living together. We haven't had the wedding. And maybe they don't want to tell people because, you know, people get a little funny when you decide to get married before your actual wedding date. Then they don't want to give you gifts. They don't want to come. They, <laughs> you don't, Okay, fine. Don't tell people that you're yeah. already married. But you already know what's right. And if people want to talk, then let them talk. You've got the piece of paper that says we are are legally married so you don't have nothing to say whether you knew it or not yeah we're good to go and god knows we're good to go yeah i agree with that i really really agree with that but Mm-mm-mm. when you get married at the courthouse is there um is that is i don't know i've never when you get married at the courthouse is there a minister there as well or is it just somebody that represents the the state that marries you off it's an officiant and okay. legally, you don't need a minister to marry. Mm-hmm. You need an officiant. And so okay. I think ministers are, get trained, are, are legally recognized as officiants as mm-hmm. well because there's some kind of training, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. I was doing some research on, um, I don't know if you guys heard of common law. And that's, you know, a, a, a law that uh, says after seven years, if you live with somebody that, you know, after seven years, you become a uh, husband and wife. And I... I researched and they said that this had started in Europe and England around the medieval time. And they did this because, um, I guess the justice of peace couldn't get to them if, you know, their horse and carriage couldn't go that far. They said, you know what, you guys can go off and get married, um, or be considered married if you're living together for seven years. How do you feel about that now? Because a lot of people feel that way. Well, we live together. It's like we're married. Right. I think, I think the one thing that we miss is that when you get married, it's a covenant with God. In order to not only legitimize that, mm-hmm. you also make that commitment, not only before God, but before people, whether that's an officiant or that's in front of like 500 guests, whatever. Either way, you have to, you have to make it recognized in some way, shape or fashion. And people just, they decide to say, you know what? We've been together. We're common law married. That's good enough for me. Well, only you know what's good between you and God. Do you? Mm-hmm. Because are you going to love this person the same way you would love them if you were legally married? If the answer is no, and only you can answer that. If the answer is no, and you know that in your heart, then you're not le- you're not married in the eyes of God. 
So that's the difference. And, and some people, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that only a piece of paper will means you're married because there's plenty of people I know that have a piece of paper that says they're married, but they ain't they're married. married. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But you only, you know what your feelings are towards this person. And only, you know, if your co- level of commitment would be the same if you legally got married or if you're just common law married. And that's mm-hmm. between you and God. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and 90% of people. Okay, not 90%, but a very high percentage of people, Mm -hmm. their commitment is not the same with a common law marriage as it would be if they were legally married. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real, okay? Okay. (laughs) Just saying. You sound like Dietrich at the table at dinner going in, going in on Gibson. And one of the things he also um, went in on Gibson was basically saying, you know, like we were saying, shacking to him is not in the Bible and he knows the Bible. And I, I was, I did some research and I'm wondering how does he know the Bible so well? I know he grew up in the church, but he also went to school for the right, Bible. Right. He has a doctorate in mm-hmm. divinity with an emphasis on marketplace ministry. And right. what does that mean? This is what it means. He can teach Christian theology or related religious subjects. This is one thing I, and I've seen myself do this, you know, sometimes we'll, take the Bible so literal. Right. And I feel like we'll do that to cut corners. And I feel like with this whole shacking um, situation with him, I feel like that's what he's doing. He's kind of cutting corners. You know, do you, do you feel that way? I, I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like that. I feel like, okay, you, your wedding date is a certain day. Mm-hmm. You've paid for a venue. Mm-hmm. The only day they're available is two months from, or however many, a year from now. Mm-hmm. So you have to wait until that day to get married. I think that's what he was waiting on. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, honestly, in his situation, I don't think he's trying to cut corners. I think mm-hmm. he's just like, he just can't wait until to he get, get it over with. Yeah. So he can finally be with his family. Okay. So maybe they aren't shacking. Um, he doesn't say it at dinner but he says it in a confessional after he made it clear no we're not shacking but he didn't say we're not having premarital sex but he does say he knows the distinction that it is incorrect but his whole point is we're not shacking and that's not there's nothing wrong with living together Mm -hmm. the bible is very clear when it talks about fornication and Mm -hmm. premarital sex he's like yeah that's wrong and Mm -hmm. i get that but Mm -hmm. i'm talking about just living together and and that's the same thing i'm saying there's nothing wrong with living together if Mm -hmm. you can honestly legitimately live with somebody and not have sex with them there's not a problem with that Mm-hmm. And people tend to see, oh, well, they're living together. They're automatically having sex. Yeah. Not everybody has the same, you know, temptations that you have. Yeah. It's very hard. But I'm just saying, like, you can't automatically assume that. So you do you think they're having sex? I don't. I, because of their reaction, I want to say no. And the fact that he's like, can we hurry up and just live together? I'm really <laughs> thinking the answer is no. But I don't know. He's you like, know I'm mean? sick of waiting. Let's right, go. Right. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Um I feel like they need to do something. It's too much tension. They right. they are just, he kisses her goodbye, says, you know, it was a little dramatic, but says, give right. a kiss to my baby. I'm sick of doing this. <laughs> I got to drive back home. And Dominique's like, well, kiss me when, um, text me when you get home or call me when you get home. And I kind of feel like she's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to do the right thing. And it's making the situation kind of frustrating and hard and, I just feel like, yeah, maybe they should get it over with if they can't. But the the, the wedding's only like a month away. Which is why her mom in the next episode <laughs> says, you know, just like, yeah, almost at the finish line. But I, again, just go to the courthouse, y'all. Go get the legal paper so mm-hmm. y'all can, you know what I mean? Because it's not fair to them. And they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to yeah. hold a good image and be good role models for people and not, you know, because they've already messed up. So they're like, okay, we messed up. We don't want people to, because we, we're examples. You know what I mean? You're, we're on a public platform. We're examples. So we're trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But it's killing us. Y'all go get married so I don't have to bother you no more, please. Yes. Go to the courthouse. I That's agree. What do you guys think out there? Please chime in. Give us a call in or comment on our YouTube channel. Let us know what you're thinking. Should they just run off and elope? And get married? Should they tell Faye or anyone or keep it to themselves? (laughs) Right. Um, And that way they can get this over with. Or do you think they should hold off and wait the month or two, whatever how long it is, and wait till they have the official big wedding? Right. And then the other thing that Dietrich does say is about um, the information that 
Pastor Gibson was giving him. He's like, I'm sick of I'm this is why I'm against pastoral counseling because he's saying that, you know, they're always giving religious churchy advice and there's stuff outside of the Bible that mm-hmm. we need. The Bible is the basis, which I agree. Mm-hmm. But there's other stuff. And and finally after he says that you see uh Bishop Gibson actually says, you know, being married thirty one years, it hasn't always been flowery and he's like, That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's what I need. And I like how Gibson said I was in counseling, marriage counseling last Friday. Right. Me and my wife to this day go to marriage counseling. And I love that. And I feel like Dietrich loved that too. Right. Because he felt like, okay, we're really getting the real, you right. know, Gibson here. And that's what people really want to know and see. And um, how do you feel about marriage counseling? That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, awesome, awesome. And that's why their marriage has been so great. You have when you want something to succeed, you have to put time, work and effort into it. And part of for a marriage to succeed, part of that is counseling. People think like if you go to counseling, you're broken. I honestly am an advocate of marriage counseling and I do believe you should have a standing appointment with your marriage counselor, whether you guys are doing good, whether you're doing bad or whatever. You should mm-hmm. always go talk to them because you never know. You want to make sure it's working right. So get counseling for it. I agree. All right. I agree. Okay. Do you think we're ready to move on to episode three? We are. All right. So episode three, tea and sympathy. And I guess this episode is really about first lady Cheney. Um, she decides to throw an exclusive first ladies tea, um, for a group of high profile preacher wives, but. She invites Miss Loretta Jones, who is technically not a wife. So there is some controversy. Right. Okay. Let's just, it's uh, first ladies tea, first ladies and women who are about to be first ladies, which is fiancés. That part, I get. Like mm-hmm. you want them to be, you want a fiance to be there because that means they need to know what they're getting into as a first lady. Mm-hmm. And Loretta has no business there. She's not a girlfriend. She's not a fiance. She's just a friend. So do you feel if you are a special friend that you have no clout <laughs> and you have no authority? I mean, you said before she has a business with him. There's okay, something but this strong is not the there. business partner's tea party. <laughs> this is the first lady's tea party. And she is obviously not a first lady. She's not even in contention. She's not in the running. But I'll tell you, 16 years, that's longer than some marriages. Okay, right. And so that is, she needs to go to a different party. And that is called, <laughs> um, I need to find a man who wants to marry me tea party. Because this ain't it. Maybe Noel Jones and Loretta need to go to counseling. They do, but what kind of, they're not going to go to marriage counseling, they're not married. They're friendship going to friendship counseling. What kind of, this is some crap. That's just crap. I'm That's sorry. It's crap. Go to friendship I don't counseling. think that Loretta should have been invited. However, because, um, first lady, Maisha Cheney invited the friends of all these women, which was confusing to me. Yeah, it was confusing. If you invite too. people's friends, then okay, then Loretta can come. Mm-hmm. But if, the friends didn't come, then Loretta definitely shouldn't have been there. I think Loretta should have been there, not as a first lady, but as a representative of a of woman what? on the show. I feel like that's what we really want to see. We want to see the women of this show come together. Well, then let's call the women of Preachers of LA Tea Party, <laughs> not the first ladies. She ain't a first lady. What do you think of Jones's response when Loretta asked him, <laughs> you know, they invited me to this tea party. Should I go? What should I say? What do you think of his response? I think his first, his first initial thought was like why would you go like exactly like us she must have felt this small right when he said well why were you invited right hello why were you invited and why would you go and then he's like okay because they're gonna attack you and ask you questions left right left Which right she was right Which and they was did right, right. And, and he's like you know when you're ready to stop answering the questions just say that we're just friends that's it i don't think he really wanted her to go let's just be real because who is she representing the friendship that this is my friendship those. tea party. This is, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Right, we're going to save all the tea uh, <laughs> gossip and juiciness for the end of this episode. Let's talk about Gibson. Um, we've seen in the first episode that Rick Dog, um, Rick Dog. who gangster. is a pyru, he's an older gangster, and he we see him get saved, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he lets Jesus in his heart. So I love the fact that Gibson didn't just let him go right. after he got saved. He really took him under his wing and said, you know what, I'm going to show you um what how your life can change and i'm gonna show you you know a a good time i'm gonna take you church shoe shopping you know right that's so cute it is have his first pair of church shoes right and and you know what's crazy 
Rick Dog ain't young. Like this is when it, it's so heartwarming when he talks about nobody's ever taken me to get shoes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever taught me how to walk. Nobody's ever, you know, tried to help me, you know, be a little more of a refined man. Mm-hmm. I'm just from the streets, you know, and I love that that Bishop Gibson did that because he understands. He's he he's the same guy. He yes. he was mm-hmm. OG Rick Dog when you know back in his former life. So he gets it and he's so helpful. And I think he it's is. so awesome that he reaches back and he's showing him. You know how to walk. He looks different. Uh. He got new shoes on. <laughs> he got to get him shine. He's feeling good, feeling great, yes. and it's awesome. And I like how Gibson said, "You can take the hood. You can what is this? Like, you can take the man out of the hood, but you can also take the hood out of the man." Right. And you know some some people like to say that. That, that phrase a little bit differently, but it's true. We see that with Gibson, you know, mm-hmm. he is a changed man right. because of Christ. And what I also love about Gibson is that not only did he take Rick dog, he also took his friend Ray, um, which he calls Biggie on the show. Right. And he took him shopping too. He right. bought him some shoes and he spoke the word into him and it even had his friends thinking, wow, like it's maybe, cool hanging out with yeah. a pastor. <laughs> It's actually fun hanging out with somebody who's right. of the church. And that's how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? We we make it seem the sad part of Christians is that sometimes we make ourselves seem so special and so different that we're no longer relevant and we're no, mm-hmm. we no longer can relate to regular people when at the end of the day we're still regular people. We mm-hmm. just know the love of God. That's the only difference. Exactly. And I love the fact that he does that and he makes it say, you know, like we're still cool. I'm, I'm just taking you shopping. No big deal. And he also said that, you know, um I'm going to find you a church, you know, right, in Compton. In Compton that you can go to. I'm going to help you find a job. He's he just he's really really taking him under his wings right. to make sure that he comes out of this and that he helps younger gangbangers to get out of it as well. But one thing I would have to say is Bishop Gibson. I know you brought him to get a new pair of shoes, which was a great thing, but you should have got him a haircut. Well, he, he didn't want to cut his hair. He got them OG braids, girl. He can't. He's, had, he's been growing that out for a minute. That's going to take an extra blessing that's, to, that's, for him that's to be, what I let go of his see, hair. To see him nice, clean, shaved, haircut. He's but not ready maybe for that. That's, maybe that's next episode. Maybe that's, right, right. That baby steps, Fallon. Baby steps. Good grief. <laughs> but we, we do appreciate Gibson um, taking him right. out of the hood and showing him a, a new thing or two. But he did. I didn't like how he said he was like... um when they first started, he said, uh, he needs talking about Rick dog. He said mm-hmm. he needs to look like he's going to church. And I think that's a little messed up because while yes, he does represent an OG mm-hmm. in his attire, you know, <laughs> and, his braids. and his braids, right. He can still go to church looking like that. So we got to get rid of the notion okay. that there's a certain look in church because that keeps people from coming. Cause if they feel like they don't fit in, this is true. It's come as you are. And I know when I started uh, going to church in LA, I had to uh, realize this, like, I thought I had to show up to church every time in a skirt. That's the way I was raised. So what is to- that? Were you Pentecostal? <laughs> no. <laughs> Where you grow up at? What kind Massachusetts. of Massachusetts? I'm saying, but what kind of church? I was, was Christian, this? but it just we—that was just something you did as a woman. Right. I, like Lady Lovett, she always wear her, wears her hats. Right. That's the way she grew up. So it was new to me that I could go to a church and wear pants. So I think it's great that you know, come as you are. But I think Bitch, Bishop Gibson knows that you know people judge you. Right. And he wants to give Rick Dog a fair chance when he walks into the church, you know, and that's why he was kind of helping him out with his walk. Like, you know, this is how you walk because that's society. That's real life. You know, I don't, but and- I don't, I don't think for the church, though, I think he should have said, you know, just because he's he's accepted Jesus and he's got this whole new outlook on life. That should be reflected in his everyday life, not necessarily he needs a new look to go to church because mm-hmm. that's not fair. That's a place where he should not be getting judged. Mm-hmm. And we can't ever make it OK for people to get judged at church. Mm-hmm. So I just think that he probably should have phrased that differently, said, you know, he's a new man. So he, he needs to reflect that in the way he walks and the way he looks out in the world, period. That makes sense. Makes sense. That makes sense. Look at you. Let me find it. You Kojic <laughs> over here, AME or something. <laughs> Fallon over here talking about, we got to wear skirts. Girl, that is old school Pentecostal. No, it's I'm just, Baptist. I, well, I was raised Baptist and sometimes we had to wear skirts. That's just, in my church, if you were a girl, I mean, I, I've seen a couple women, you know, growing up in the church wear pants, but 
it was just that's the way i mean my grandma was pentecostal so i guess that was some yes, of the influence. Girl, holiness church over there <laughs> apostolic or something okay <laughs> all right let's talk about the haze lips um yes. we see in this episode that christy kind of goes to her man and tells him um they go for a walk in the park and she kind of reveals to him that she feels very lonely. Right. And I felt so sad for her right. because I guess it's a little hard being a first lady. It's not yeah. all glamorous just because you got, you know, the first pew in the church. Right. You know, I guess it is lonely. She feels that some people want to befriend her only because of her status in the church right. and not for who she really is. And she says she's been hurt by people. And I can, you know, this is, you really don't get a sense of that unless you're a first lady. So being able to see that... I thought about it. I'm like, yo, it, it is kind of lonely because yeah. she's like, I can't really have friends in the church. You know what I mean? I can't go kick back with my friends and just be myself because then they all come at me like, you know, first lady Christy was, she had a glass of wine. was acting crazy. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then people going to talk about you. So I, Obviously, there's some hurt. So something like that has had mm-hmm. to happen to her already. Mm-hmm. And so she feels very secluded. And I feel bad for her. I'm trying to figure out. I know that Pastor Jay has, um, uh, he was a, uh, he was addicted to drugs in the past. But I don't know Christie's past. Right. I wonder what was her past, if she has anything that she feels like uh, new friends could judge her on. Or, you know, just her being a regular person that she feels that some people, you know, might I, judge her. I think her. that's what it is, just being a regular person because she's says, you know, when she hangs out with Maisha at the end of the episode, she says that she feels like I can just be myself and hang out and I'm not yeah. judged. I don't have to be on per se. I don't yeah. have to be first lady all the time, which a lot of people feel like, you know, you should act a certain way. She, yeah. You should talk a certain way. Mm-hmm. You should have certain thoughts because you're a first lady when mm-hmm. in essence, no, you're just married to a man who preaches God's word. You're mm-hmm. still a regular person. Yeah. People forget that. Yeah. And I think that's what this whole show is about right. is, you know, showing the reality of these preachers and their families and their wives and all that. So, Christy, if you want some friends, we got Megan, you, girl. We, we got, got you. you. <laughs> Come to After Buzz. We'll, we'll, right, we'll be your right. friend. We'll have our own little tea party. Right. Um, something else that they had uh, discovered while in the park was a woman who looked like she was hurt. And I love how Pastor Hazlip didn't hesitate. And even Christy was like, go over there and talk to her and see if she needs, you know, some love or some help. And it was just very noticeable that she was extremely skinny. Maybe it looked like she was dealing with some anorexia or some, um, Right. Self issues. And she did say she, you know, had anxiety and wanted to commit suicide and panic attacks, that kind of thing. And, you know, I felt some people may say that that what, what, Pastor Hayslip did was a little nosy because he did just walk up to her and say, you know, do but you I need think- love? But I love it because sometimes that's what we're called to do. Exactly. People, that's what I was going to say. You know, say. you, you got to be calling. bold. Right, right. Yeah. You got to be bold. Um, and if you're doing it with the intention of, of I love, just want to yeah. love this on this person and that's it, then you'll never be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you go with the intention of, I'm a pastor and I'm going to pray for you because I have the anointing. Yes. Then you will find issues where you're wrong. Yeah. And I don't feel that with Jay. To right. me, he has no ego. And that's just the sense right. that I'm getting from these episodes. I really feel that he is coming from a pure, loving place. And, you know, I love the fact that we're seeing real ministry. We're right. seeing Gibson go to the hood and, you know, not just save somebody, but taking him under his wing and showing him a different way. Then we see Jay, you know, who is just having a nice day with his wife and still he feels like he needs to help and love right. on somebody and pray for someone. Right. So I think, I think that is so great. That's why they're my favorite couple. This I love true. them. Hi, hey, Slips. I'm coming to your church. <laughs> and, and that's something I think we should do. I think we should try to go to some of these churches and be able to report back to right. our AfterBuzz fans. Some of you who may not be in California, who we can say we went to this church and we met I don't know. There's pastors. a couple of churches I ain't going in. And which, which, which churches I'm are I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'll let you go to those churches. Right. <laughs> let's see. What else do we have to? Okay. Let's just get straight to it. The tea party. Yep. All right, so we see the ladies looking beautiful. Absolutely stunning. This episode inspired me to go out and buy more hats. <laughs> I feel like a lady. I loved how, you know. Who was your favorite hat, by the way? 
I was going to say um, Loretta. She had a nice hat. But Maisha, I love the little, right. the little the like, little mesh. Net. Or yes, the mesh. it was yes. so cute. That was my favorite, too. They look like real ladies. And I feel yeah. like, you know, we don't really do that often as ladies. We should. When we grow up playing with these little, you know, tea. Uh, we have little tea right. parties and kettles. <laughs> and you kind of grow up and you just hang out with your girls. But it, it'd be nice to do something like that. Right. I think one of these episodes, we should dress up fancy. We and, should. And have and our first lady hats on. Well, we're not. We're we're what? Are, what are we? We're not friends, ladies. We're, friends. we're not first ladies. Well, what are we? We're friends because everyone has friends. <laughs> Obviously, friends can go to tea parties. We should call too. Loretta too, right? We Have should call her. <laughs> that is so funny. So yes, um, one of the things they did talk about was, um, of course, you know, uh, like we just said, how they need friends that understand the struggle of being a first lady and some of the things you have to go through and. And that's what um, Chrissy says. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think um, Dominique asked a good question. She's like, well, what do you do basically with church groupies? Like, how do you, how, like, what do you uh, do with church groupies? And that's a legitimate question. You never think about question, that. Yes. But, you know, women are attracted to power and men in church, pastors especially, have power. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, they're very powerful people. So, And I think women, too, we have this image on our heads. And again, we're schooled on this from little girls. You know, we, we're waiting for our prince. And who Want, wouldn't want a prince who is a man of God, you right. know? And, God and, has that anointing. Exactly. So <laughs> I can definitely understand why some woman would, you know, be attracted to that. But I can say it must be hard being in that position because right. not only is this your man and you have maybe women throwing themselves at them, but you're also a first lady. So you have to act accordingly because you may you can't be, be fighting. judged. Can't fight exactly. in the church. Boom. You have to show love. Can't put that holy elbow <laughs> in nobody's throat that's not okay but but also you know and they say it takes a special woman to be a first lady it does because you you have to always be kingdom minded and and all about the ministry and sometimes that means that there might be a little church groupie who needs deliverance and some extra guidance and pastoring and and, and, and and she might get a word from your husband that helps change her life so you have to be very you know like gosh you can't be like no don't talk to her you gotta, you gotta just trust God. And that's tough. That's, yeah. a, that takes a lot of faith. And I give it to first ladies on that front. I do. I feel the same exact way. One thing I did notice, um, we have all the women here, but there was one woman missing. We did not see Bishop McClendon's wife. Right. We haven't really seen her much yet. We have not seen much of her at all. And it just makes me wonder, you know, what's, what's going on? Why doesn't she? come into the season more why don't right. we see more of her is it of her saying or does bishop mcclendon kind of put his hand down and said you know this is as far as it goes i'll show myself i'll show my church even my sons but my wife is you know um that'll be interesting I, I i wonder if we'll see more of her throughout the season right. or did you catch on that did you notice that yeah, she wasn't I was part wondering, of the tea party it, well we haven't really seen much of her at yeah. all we i mean we haven't seen bishop mcclendon that much anyway but mm-hmm. we've seen him enough to know that he's on the show his wife uh, we don't see her too because much because we have you know miss cheney having girls who are fiancés who are friends right. but why wouldn't you invite no maybe she did invite uh bishop mcclendon's wife priscilla but maybe she couldn't come yeah you know maybe there was some but they didn't, didn't address that either right. and we didn't hear anything oh we're gonna invite priscilla dominique so and so nothing was mentioned of her yeah so. that is a little different and then of we'll course stay tuned right and then of course they talk about Loretta being there and um you know the exchange that she has because they're like they're confused they're like are you a oh are you engaged are you dating oh mm-hmm. you're friends 16 year friends okay and then I think um well what did you think about Lavette's uh response to her um I I agree with Lavette I think um I think I think Lady uh, Lavette always comes off with a real response, but she always does it in a place of love. Right. And I love that about her. Everything she said, I agreed with. Even when she was talking to Dominique and she was just being real. I feel like I agree with her. And I think she's been married to a preacher for over 30 years. Right. She knows and she can she can distinguish, you know, Bible right. and not Bible. Bible, yeah, exactly. Bible as Gibson <laughs> says. Bible and Bible. What did you think um, of what she said? I liked what she said, especially the, the Proverbs 31 part where she said, you know, like your merchandise is good. So mm-hmm. hey, if he... 
he ain't been seeing it. You you mm-hmm. might want to walk, you know. And she she tells Loretta, sixteen years, don't wait too long, you know. Don't wait too long. Keep it moving. And that's for all of y'all. Your merchandise is good, ladies. Remember, your merchandise is your good. Merchandise <laughs> is great. Don't shortchange yourself. And don't wait too long. You know, something that I also liked is Loretta was honest. She told everybody, I'm just going to be clear. Ain't no marriage coming around the corner. Right. And she said it very confident. But a part of me felt like, girl, you went. You know, because here's what she said. She was like, you know, I'm just I'm and they're like, are you okay with, you know, all this? And she's like, I'm happy being single. I'm happy just to be Loretta. But if marriage is in the plans, then okay. Yeah. She said she would be happier. And she said, pray and fast for me. So obviously, obviously she she wants wants to be. Girl, you better get you a new man because we already said Bishop Jones don't want to be married, honey. He likes that life. I think he does. And I think, you know, he is 60 something years old. He might be set in his ways. He is older. Girl, leave him alone. Just let him be a business partner. <laughs> um, then we see uh, Lady Levette give some words of wisdom to Dom. Right. And she said, you know, it might be old school, but it's Bible. Don't cohabitate. Cohabitate without marriage. You know, you are not supposed to be shacking. What did you think of Dominique's response? Dominique's response. This is what she said. She says, we are married by definition in Bible. Once a man enters a woman... Then we are married. Girl, John 4, 17 through 18 again. Yet again, talking about the Samaritan woman who was shacking. It's not true. Just because you have relations with someone, people, does not mean you're married to and them. let me because tell that, you. Hold on, because that means some of y'all married to a whole lot of people. <laughs> whole lot of people. Whole lot of people. Whole lot of men. And that's not the case because marriage is definitely a, a covenant b- between you, your spouse, and God. Yeah. And it's a special holy union. And I don't think you're going to have a special holy union with a whole bunch of people. Yeah, Let's just be real. Lady Levette interrupts, uh, interrupts her and says, no, that is not <laughs> marriage. That is fornication. <laughs> right. Just stop it. <laughs> right. I think Dominique had a little too much tea at the tea party. Right. She put something <laughs> in her tea. But that, that's real. Commitment is not marriage. And she says, um, you know, it's your opinion versus the word. They're two different things. Right. And then so later on, we have what Dominique and Dietrich, um, you know, we find they're getting married in a couple of months. And um, she has a conversation with Faye. And she's talking about, I just don't understand why we just can't get married. Let me say something about Faye. Am I the only one or does she remind you of Tyler Perry's character, Medea? In a way, yes. She, I love Faye. Faye probably is, is my favorite person she, on the entire show. She, I love her. She is. She reminds me of my grandma. She really does. She, right. She's love, but she doesn't want to be hugged. I like how he tries to hug her. Right. And she's like, she's, she's just not affectionate. Exactly. Tough love. Well, she's so loving, though, she but is. it's just a tough love. Yes, I love it. And she and she tells him, you know, um, you know, that's not okay. Y'all can't be living together. You almost at the finish line. You'll be mm-hmm. all right, you know. And I, and that's real. I think she gives her daughter some sound advice. And and when Dominique asks her about how did you do it, mom, raising three kids, you know, by mm-hmm. yourself, because she essentially she is a single parent right now. Mm-hmm. Dominique is a single parent, you know, with not having her husband there all the time, yeah. not living with him no, in that true. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, when she asked her mom, her mom was like, "Cause we spanked, we spanked back in the day. Y'all don't spank." <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that's real. Do you think it's true? Yeah, I think it's real. I think I think people should be allowed to whoop their kids. Yeah, it's too. a little right. Not any, you know, abuse not, is not, not of exactly, God. But, uh, you know, God is not abusive. Yeah, sometimes but you, I, you know, sometimes I think spank and put in the corner, punch in the face. Yeah, my, no, I'm no, just no, playing. No, not no, that. No. <laughs> I'm just hey. messing with you, though. No, no, but I'm serious. I think that's part of the reason. You know, the the Bible says I got enough spanking um, verses here for y'all. The rod and reproof. Excuse me. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to his himself brings shame to his mother. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol, which is also the underworld. And that's Proverbs. Uh, I read Proverbs, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen and Proverbs twenty three thirteen through fourteen. So yes, I don't think spanking is wrong. I think you sh- abuse is wrong. And yeah. you know, if you truly are. Uh, disciplining your child you're doing it from a loving place and love is never abusive you know i so agree let's get on to news and gossip After TV news. all right i got some news and gossip um going on to oxygen.com there was a poll and the poll was shacking 
or not shacking. So right. it's ra- really Lady Dominique saying, let's modernize the church and allow shacking. Or it was up against First Lady Lavette Gibson saying, the rules are there for a reason. No shacking. And the results are 10% were in favor of Dominique saying let's modernize modernize the church with 58 votes and Lady Lavette came in with 89% with 470 votes saying no shacking allowed no shacking allowed honey no shacking allowed no shacking do you have any more news and gossip yes we do so remember in the first episode that Bishop McClendon said that he um basically he needed his crew to deliver his anointing well he came out recently um on hip hollywood and he had an interview he said jesus didn't have a mega church but he had 12 disciples some people would refer to that as entourage but these were men who were trained to assist jesus in his ministry assignment so the people that i had have to travel with um are a function in my ministry assignment. The thing that I cleared up and wanted cleared up was that the people I travel with, my ministry pays for those people and they are covered by Clarence McClendon Ministries. So basically he's saying if he goes somewhere and they ask him to preach, he does have an quote unquote entourage with him to help mm-hmm. him out. But he, his ministry pays for that, not whatever the church is is giving them as an honorarium. And I think it's good he cleared that up. Right. Um, Bishop T.D. Jinks, uh, I also have some. Uh, they were interviewed by Hip Hop Hollywood. Right. And um, T.D. Jakes had said that when asked, would he ever do a reality show? Now, we know from last show, News and Gossip, he had kind of shunned and rebuked Preachers of L.A. Right, right. But he went on to Hip Hollywood and said um, that he doubts he will ever do a reality show. But I wouldn't say never. Never say never. I don't know how I feel about that. How do you guys feel about that? Should he have gone on and kind of rebuked a show and then said that he might do a reality show? Right. I don't know. You we'll guys see. out there, please comment, rate, subscribe. We thank you for all of you out there who have been commenting. And I would like to say, I know there was a few comments um, about our first episode. And, you know, some of them felt like, and I'll put myself on the spotlight. That you should be on this show because you are biased. Okay, I'll and let me let me let me respond. I'm the one who got this show on AfterBuzz, and I thought it would be great to have an inside scoop of what's really going on in the show, you right. know, and to be able to reach out to these preachers and have some of the executive producers on right. who we might get on next week. And you know, I do have my own opinion. Um, I am Christian. I'm also part of, you know, the LPM team, but that doesn't mean that I have my own opinion. And sometimes it always doesn't line up with, you know, my work. So I think, you know, you're a Christian. I'm part of the LPM team. We should probably have somebody who is just a a fan or a viewer who maybe not be religious on the show. Right. And if you want to call in and be our special guest, you can do that. Make sure you, we're always um, airing this, this every Thursday at 8 p.m. Pacific. So call us. We would love your comments. You know, I'm also going to have one of my friends try to get on the show. He's an entertainment lawyer, and he is also studying um, divinity uh, in okay. college as well. And I think it would be nice to see his opinion, coming, becoming, um, you know, a lawyer of entertainment, and then right. also learning about um, the church from a scholastic point of view. I think it would be awesome to have his opinion on the show. So I'll try to get him on for you guys. All right been real it has been real i am sweating we just covered two big episodes and now, right you're after buzz tv so oh yes yeah, sorry we'll just make this really quick um we see that next week that dietrich saying let's just do it now as far as getting married he's really getting antsy i don't think they're gonna get married um before their wedding date why don't you think so I just don't think so. They're just so antsy. They're not going to, honey. Because then right. there wouldn't be no show. Let's just be real. We shall see. Okay. We shall see. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for joining in. It was so fun catching up on episode two and episode three. Make sure you tune in to Thursday nights. Right. We will be recapping episode four. I'm your host. Fallon Mercedes. You guys can catch me on Instagram, on Twitter, at FitWithFallon. Please tweet at me. And again, welcome. We welcome you for more YouTube comments. Where can they find you, Megan? You can always hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MegScoop, like scoop of ice cream. Look forward to hearing from you. We will see you next time.
From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.